Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Tuesday morning, October 3rd, 2023. It is 609 and 70 degrees right now in the uh, capital city. Glad to have you with us on a Tuesday. Uh, got a good show for you today. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us. John Baylor, Nebraska Volleyball's play-by-play man, is going to be joining us at 8.35. Joe Jordan at 7.10. We'll count down the five things you're talking about today. Uh, we will have Fantasy Oscars opportunities for you by giving out keywords today at 6.35 and 8.10. So we are ready to go on a Tuesday where, yeah, it is uh, It is still kind of warmish out there. Weather-wise, at this point, after getting back into the 90s one more time yesterday, it looks like today we will start off by telling you could be an active weather day. Mark, what is the latest that you're hearing from uh, from the National Weather Service and uh, what the situation may be for today weather-wise? Well, the cold front has moved into Nebraska. It's uh, about to go through Ogallala. To the north side, up around Valentine, there are some showers that have developed. And another line of showers out ahead of that uh, in the Tri-Cities area. But that cold front uh, moving through, that could bring some severe weather. Probably what they're saying right now is sometime between 1 and 8, just this afternoon and evening. It just depends on how quickly it moves. But to give you an example, we're in the low 70s. It's uh, 52 in Alliance right now. Okay. That's how much uh, colder it is. And it is um, 44 degrees in Oh, Eastern Torrington, Wyoming. Okay. So once this thing comes through, the uh, temperatures will be dropping. And the winds out of the northwest. And the winds will the winds will get going here uh, as well. Yeah. So, it lo- I mean, we're going to stay, uh, weather service hour by hour now says basically just kind of going to stay in the 70s actually here today until the evening when it will drop off. Uh, National Weather Service just updated, well, about 45 minutes ago, updated the latest uh, severe weather threat today. Uh, they they said the timing on the newest postmark is uh, 3 to 10 p.m., so they moved it back maybe just a, a little bit. The primary the primary uh, area, surprise, surprise, is on the Nebraska-Kansas border, uh, where the highest chance of severe weather is, although Lincoln is right on the edge between enhanced, uh, or excuse me, between what, slight and marginal. So kind of right in between the green and the yellow is where the capital city falls. I think it actually cuts the city in in two. Uh, the primary concern today with that, uh, as you said, winds are going to be up significant. Large hail uh, would be another part of that. And they even said a tornado or two are possible, uh, at least can't be ruled out on uh, on this whole situation. So could just be a situation where you get some some storms. Could be uh, there is a chance, though, that they do get severe during that afternoon evening period today so there's some strong storms uh just east of broken bow so this is north of carney uh they got rain now about an inch an hour in that one cell so wow there's okay some, there's some good uh thunder boomers out yeah there. um it in and uh looking again at the hour by hour the highest chance right now that they've got for precipitation is kind of right smack dab in the middle of that time period we were talking about starting at about seven o'clock this evening uh, so something to uh, impact your plans could be one that could be one that could bring a lot of rain during the evening hours here in the capital city, which 
uh, probably wouldn't be a bad thing, but depending on your plans, it might be. You never, part of it, you never know exactly. Part of it's going to depend on how warm it gets uh, ahead of this thing. How you know, if we get a little sunshine through there and warm it up a few more degrees, we can have a little stronger activity. Yep, pump a little more moisture into the area. And as we've been talking about, that cools off. The high temperatures pretty significantly going forward uh, for this week and beyond. Wednesday, Thursday, uh, highs in the mid-70s, so not far from where we are right now uh, this morning, temperature-wise, as the high for the day. Uh, and then more cool on Friday and Saturday with highs hovering right around 60 lows in the mid to upper 30s on those two days. And so Friday that night will be Saturday, a big change. Friday night and Saturday night, you may need to cover up some vegetation may need to it's uh it's finally starting to feel like fall supposedly uh i think you can have pumpkin spice it's uh, it's finally time well yeah it's hopefully you uh hopefully you stockpiled those chili ingredients as mark vale uh advised (laughs) a couple of weeks ago which was very wise thing to say here as we're getting ready so um yeah we've got uh got that going on today uh top news story today is uh from mark is that the Lincoln City Council decided to vote yes on the last offer that was uh, standing with the uh, with the union from the city that there's been uh, uh, they have not been able to reach terms yet on the negotiations. Mark, that was last night. Uh, I understand it was a split vote on that four, from the four Lincoln to three. City Council. Yep, four to three. Tom Duden, Brody Weber, and James Michael Bowers voted no. Councilman Bowers said he wanted it to go back for more negotiations. So yeah, and and that gives me an opportunity to. So basically, the 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 way that this is set up is that the city council can can simply um, approve the city's last offer um, and basically put it into put it into place retroactive, right? Retroactive, or they can reject it, which would essentially said send the sides back to the bargaining table at this point, which is what the union wanted and and was asking for, uh, but they didn't get the votes, and so they will uh they'll go forward with this with this new deal here it's a one year deal and so they'll begin negotiations on another one in a few more months i suppose yeah they're, they're talking on the about next one starting in february yeah now also the we heard you know earlier this year the parental leave was put forward for uh, non union employees. That has been included in this contract that was uh, approved last night. Okay. All right. Uh, and so, a three percent pay raise. Right. And then there was some shifting of uh, hours, uh, differential hour rates, and things like that. So that's getting down in the weeds on those things. Okay. So um, that that was uh, that was so you got about about five hundred workers there at that point that are now have the uh, new collective bargaining contract that will be. Approved, and we'll go forward until they get back to the table, like you said, in uh, in just a little while. Uh, a a new name uh, name change. This is going to be another one of those name changes uh, to get used to here in the capital city. Mark uh, Union College will no longer be Union College. It will be. I'm going to make sure I get it right here. Union Adventist University. Right. They'll be changing their name after a long, long history here. 132 years. Yeah, in the uh, in the city of Lincoln. Um, it, it's basically a marketing thing, but you can understand because evidently there are multiple other union colleges in the country. Yep. And there's also, I think, a union university or something else that um, that can be confused for them. 
And and after a while, you kind of want to show up first on the Google results when people are Googling you. <laughs> um, as as I went to a college, uh, Northwestern College, where there are other Northwestern colleges uh, that exist in the in the in the country as well, and so I kind of know what that situation yeah. was like. So this one's a little di- different. I mean, it's uh, affiliated with the uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church. Yeah, so that's why the the name is in there. And they, uh, I was reading, uh, they had a report. The confusion, this one kind of bugs me a little bit. I think there's a Union College or something similar in uh, New York, and there was a student had a flat tire and called university uh, to get some help. They were said they were in a parking lot. They called the Union College here. (laughs) To get help with a flat tire in Schenectady, New York? Yeah, and so uh, staff went out, couldn't find anybody uh, in the parking lot, so they figured it was done. A uh, half hour or so later, student called back and said, hey, you know, what's the deal? I'm still out here. Yeah. And then they found out, wrong college. Interesting. So I would think a student would know which college. So as I Google Union College right now, but Union College in Lincoln does, maybe it's because this is where I am, but Union College in Lincoln pops up first. Uh, but then right after that is the one you were talking about, Union College in Schenectady, New York. Um and so they are union.edu, where Union College in Lincoln is, ucollege.edu. Well, so, and then if you get to unionky.edu, right. that's Union College in, in Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes. And then there apparently is also a Union County College of Union County, New Jersey, that goes by Union College Yeah, they're, as well. They, they took the county out of that name, I believe, yes. or going to. Yes. So, um, so yeah, you can see... you. I mean, you can imagine the amount of the amount of confusion that there is with that, and so there will not be. A, Which one do you think got UnionAthletics.com? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the one in Lincoln. No, the one in New York. The one in New York did. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that would that would make sense actually. Home of the Dutchmen and Dutch women. <laughs> oh, nice. I like them. Sounds like a nice place. Sounds like nice people. <laughs> so it'll be, uh, yes, Union Adventist University, and uh, they'll be the only one, I assume. I, I figure they checked that out before they changed yeah, part of, part of their, their name uh, on that. Name changes. They've added some graduate uh, programs in the past few years. So, you know, really expanding uh, into the university realm, well, if you will, uh, of names and, and explanations. So, Staff was uh, for it. Students were generally for it. Yeah. Right. And the, the university was kind of open saying, hey, university sounds, <laughs> the word university is more prestigious than college. Right. Now, these days. I mean, they were they were kind of open about saying that whole thing. And and as you said, people may or may not know this, I guess, is the college is owned and operated um, by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, it, you know, and it, there obviously is a, a church nearby there. Um, as well, so that is being more more clarified. Although they wanted to be clear, the president had a statement in the press release where she said, "Union offers a Christian environment and worldview, and students of all faiths are welcome to join our campus family." So, anyway, that is the uh, that's the latest there. And then there's this story. Oh my goodness, that is making national news here, not far from Lincoln, a uh, a wedding where a man from Texas who was about to officiate this wedding uh, errantly shot and wounded his own 12-year-old grandson, evidently. So um, 62-year-old 
uh, and I found even some more detail on this, and I don't know much about guns, guys, but it was a uh, apparently a Pieta 1860 snub nose revolver, uh, for those who know what that is, and had a, a blank round that apparently was, was homemade, uh, had black powder in the casing that was glued together, essentially, and wanted to... So there are people get scattered around the the venue in Denton. It was in Denton, Nebraska, um, and apparently people were scattered around because somebody had forgotten the wedding rings. So they were going to retrieve, as I understand it, the wedding rings. And so um, this man, who was the officiant, uh, basically was saying, "Hey, we got to get going with this thing," and he decided the way he wanted to do that was by taking out the gun with the blank, and when he decided to cock back the hammer, it slipped, and it shot the 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 boy, who was his grandson, in the left shoulder, causing that injury. Uh, authorities believe it was the, was the glue that injured the child. Non-life-threatening, uh, though the boy did still require hospitalization at that point. So he is facing now criminal charges that go along with that surrender to authorities yesterday. Say that uh, union of two people got started, got off to a bang. Yeah, oh man, yeah, that is um, boy. It's uh, it's a uh, wedding nobody's going to forget at this point. Wow, um, quite the uh, quite the story there. And then in Husker football, Husker sports, uh, specifically Husker football. Caleb, uh, more from Matt Rule yesterday. Uh, still disappointed, Matt Rule, after the loss to Michigan. Uh, but we got a little bit more information on some of the injuries that are going to be impacting Nebraska. And what do you know? You got uh, you got some bad news going along with these injuries once again. Yeah, you're still not going to get Deshaun Singleton back this week after he was hurt this last week. Luke Reimer is going to be held out another week. He is out of the hospital. Sounds like everything's fine there. That was uh, when you were talking with Mike Schaefer yesterday. Mike was right that the concern was no longer about football. It was, is Luke Reimer just going to be okay Mm -hmm. when something happens and they go, hey, he's not feeling good. Let's get him to the hospital. Don't even take him over to the the game. Let him be on the sideline. So glad that Reimer is going to be okay. Sounds like he'll actually be back to play, just not this week as they go into a bye week. Uh, Cam Lenhart potentially back this week. Teddy Prohaska continues to develop in, in that backup tackle role. Jeff Sims apparently practiced pretty well on Sunday. Maybe he's back. Maybe. I mean, they've but, not. It's you, but, you can't. But, t- I don't know. But for the first time this year on the depth chart, Heinrich Harburg is listed first. I know there's the or over there, and a lot of people were all up in my business on Twitter yesterday, saying, well, it's alphabetical order. He said it would be alphabetical order if there's the or next to it. This is the first time it's been alphabetical order on the quarterbacks with the or next to it. So before it was, it was an, so they just switched their order, but there's an or? Well, there's been an or there right. for the last few but, weeks. But they just switched the order they between just, the, of yeah, the or. Yeah, they just switched the order. I don't know what to make of that. Did they start using alphabetical this week? Okay. Are they alphabetical where there's other ors? Yes. Okay. I think all of the other ones had been alphabetical, and that's what they had talked about. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a conspiracy theory here somewhere to develop. There's uh, something. Uh, yeah. Well, Heinrich Harburg started as the one who was after the or, 
I right. think Jeff Sims is getting the start this Friday. Maybe. I, I mean, I do. I think we're seeing him again somehow. I don't know exactly what or when that what that circumstance is or when it will happen. But I think you're going to see Jeff Sims again. He'll, he'll, but. he'll play eventually. As a matter of fact, he was asked yesterday. I think it was Jake Bartecki from News Channel Nebraska asked him, asked Matt Rule. Would he use a two-quarterback system? And Matt Rule said, what, like both guys out there, or do you mean just rotating quarterbacks in? And, he, and then Rule just goes, I'll, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. Right. I'll, I'll play whoever needs so to win. So he didn't rule there. that out. No pun intended. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, what a season. What a season. Friday night. It'd be nice if they Game six. Get a win. It'd be nice if they could get a win, wouldn't it? For what, everyone. What, what does that do for our schedule on Friday? I mean, this is pretty unusual to have a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, it's it's going to impact quite a bit of our schedule, as a matter of fact. So pregame will take over at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So we'll get one hour of Hannity, and then we're going to cut you off for the rest of the day, Huskers football coverage. All right. So there you go. All right. So that's what's happening this morning. Uh, we're at 70 degrees, cloudy skies right now. Caleb's got a full sports report coming up next on KLIN. Bringing you the news that shapes your world. The topics that matter to me. 1,499.3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, welcome back. It's 638 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. 70 degrees in the capital city and it is time for another Fantasy Huskers keyword. Keyword today is for 635, pick number three. Alumni. Alumni. A-L-U-M-N-I. Alumni. Alumni. Text in that word, and one of you who texted in will be selected to make the third pick of the Fantasy Oscars draft for this week. And this is a very simple one in terms of the answer. You just have to give us a digit that will be the last digit of Nebraska's score for the game. Off the board, though, we need to tell you, because you can't obviously duplicate anyone else's pick. We I know we have seven off the board. Seven and eight are off the board. Seven and if anyone and is ever curious and they go to KLIN.com, we got a big old flipper at the uh, the top. You can see Fantasy Huskers. Click on there, and you can always see all of the picks, not just this week, but every week. But right now, Holmes Lake Doug has got seven. Deb has eight. Right. So, again, last number, and as in if... 
Um, if Nebraska would score 17 points, seven obviously is the uh, the last digit. Or if Nebraska would have, and hopefully this doesn't happen, have single-digit points, right? They would have six points for the game. Six would be the number. It's basically what's in the ones digit. Hey, whoever starts out with zero, hey, you're 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 starting you start in the out lead. Leading. You're starting in the lead. The clubhouse <laughs> leader, like before you even left the clubhouse, I guess is what that is. So that's true. That's true. Uh, all right, it is time to get into the sound off. Oh boy, fun week in Washington D.C. But aren't they all fun if you think about it? So, looks like we are officially going to have this challenge to Speaker McCarthy's status as Speaker of the House, coming from House member Matt Gates. So, we talked a little bit about what this means. This is uh, very rarely used. I believe it was since uh, 1910 was the last time, if I have the the year right on that. Uh, But Gates has afforded this ability, uh, per the rules that were adopted, by the house for the new leader and so he basically is uh going to call a question on whether or not mccarthy should be ousted let's find more out about this representative matt gates introduces a motion to remove house speaker kevin mccarthy forcing a vote on the challenge within days that the office of speaker of the house of representatives is hereby declared to be vacant Gates slamming McCarthy, averting a government shutdown by relying on Democrat votes to pass a temporary funding bill, despite objections from Gates and 19 fellow Republicans. Kevin McCarthy likes to pretend that he makes coalition with conservatives, but all he really does is break his word with conservatives. McCarthy, who has suggested Gates has a grudge against him, responding to the challenge on X, formerly Twitter, posting, bring it on. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. And Gates responded to that post, by the way, said, just did. So they oh. are now talking trash on social media Good. at this. Is, uh, no House Speaker has ever been ousted through the passage of a resolution to remove them, um, but threats have been made for this in the past. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting. This is going to happen. It could happen today, the day after, or the day after that. It could happen Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Uh, so they goes to it and announce it uh requires the speaker to put the resolution on the legislative schedule within two legislative days uh so it'll come down to a floor a vote to remove the speaker could still be preempted though so for instance a motion to table or kill the resolution could be offered and would be voted on first so that would also require a simple majority to succeed and if they would do that there would not be a vote directly on the resolution. So McCarthy may have some procedural moves in his toolbox that can happen uh, perhaps as as soon as today. So that that motion to table uh, could be could be on there as well. But if those procedural motions fail, then the House votes on whether or not to get rid of him as speaker at that point. And basically so, so what's going to be interesting on this is you got a handful of a handful of Republicans mm-hmm. who are opposed for, to McCarthy, led by Gates, mm-hmm. but it's not a huge number. They're, yeah, it was just enough to, and it, this isn't my own person. It was it was just enough to be annoying when they were selecting the speaker. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. So, but here's the interesting: um, he probably is going to need McCarthy. Probably would need to get some support from Democrats essentially, to stay in power. Because if the Democrats banded up with the 
number of Republicans that don't want him to stay, then though that number would be enough combined. Mm-hmm. The Democrats and and that smaller group of Republicans. So, what are the Democrats going to do in this situation? They're, they're going to want some concessions from McCarthy on stuff that I, they want on the I get, agenda. I would guess so. I would guess so. But Democrats aren't really saying what they're going to do. They're kind, I think they're going to just take their cue from Democratic leadership in the House, and they'll probably, for the most part, they'll probably be in lockstep one way or the other. This is probably, for for the most part, one huge, not huge, one, you know, about half of the House uh, block on, on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so, do they have, is there, like, I don't know the answer to this for sure, but, like, would there be a benefit to, would there be a benefit to Democrats not supporting McCarthy at that point because mm. they don't have the majo- I mean they don't have the majority and then if that would happen and they didn't and and McCarthy would be ousted you go back to what happened last winter which which is what you were talking about yeah um, we start having to select one where they've got a even at 17 ballots or or whatever <laughs> it, it would be um you've got to, well you got to figure out who the next speaker how that would how that would work how that would play out all of those things as well so Mm. It could be, it could be interesting uh, with with this whole thing, and you've got, I mean, some deep divides right now. Yeah, deep divides within at least the House Republican Caucus right now. Um, hey, I want to slip a note in really quick. Yeah. If anyone missed it at the beginning of Mark Vale's last last newscast, there is a train blocking traffic near 70th and Yankee Hill uh, on the rail. It stopped on the railroad just north of Yankee Hill Road, blocking 70th Street. 1011 has a reporter there says the tracks cross arms are up and there's no warning lights or uh, no warning lights flashing while the train just sits there. Our own Chris Lofgren is heading out there right now as well. Uh, that would be, a spe- if you are going, I mean, for a variety of things, but particularly if you're going out to Standing Bear School here this morning and trying to get out to Standing Bear, that would be, I would guess, the route that you would, a lot of people would normally mm-hmm. take, depending on depending on where they live. And so you might want to look at uh, getting on 84th or getting on 56th to do that here this morning. Uh, okay, so that's that's Washington D.C., and then we've got the uh, the courtrooms where excitement is happening. First, oh, don't worry, we've got both sides. Yeah. Uh, first, we're, first, we have a uh, Hunter Biden in court today. Initially, Hunter Biden was going to plead to two tax evasion misdemeanors and then enter a diversion program on what could have been felony gun charges for lying about his drug use while purchasing a firearm in 2018. But the judge expressed concerns about that deal and who would oversee if he violated the diversion program. She said she wasn't a rubber stamp, and then the deal fell apart. Since then, Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss has been appointed by U.S. Attorney General Garland as special counsel here. And Hunter has now been charged with making false statements relating to a firearm purchase, as well as one kind of possession of a firearm while being an unlawful user of or addicted to a controlled substance. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Well, <laughs> tight gun control and Hunter Biden politics making odd bedfellows in this situation. Right. Um so you've got that one going on, and then you can go up to New York, where President, former President Trump was in court yesterday. The former president is voluntarily attending the fraud trial that he calls a sham, a witch hunt, and election interference. The Attorney General is a total, she's a corrupt person, a terrible person. 
driving people out of New York. President Trump, speaking to reporters during a break in arguments, has also criticized the judge, accusing him of bias. New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking $250 million in damages and other sanctions, accusing former President Trump and his businesses of lying to banks about wealth and valuations to secure loans. Former President Trump is not expected to testify in the trial that could last into December. Jared Halpern, Fox News. Oh, man, that's got to be. I'm just imagining being an attorney and you're doing a press conference outside of this where you're fighting for for all these these motions and things that the judge is going to consider. And he he comes out there and your client goes out there and just rips the judge publicly. Um, Did I see correctly? Man, that's an uphill battle. Did I see correctly that it's not going to be a trial by jury? It's just going to be by a judge's yes. because a it box wasn't, re- wasn't checked. It wasn't requested. Like how? Uh, essentially, it wasn't requested. So, like, I, I believe actually the box wasn't checked on the the prosecutor's side when they filed it, and then there was no request. Okay. I don't know if that's a form or how they do that in that district, but then, but there there was there could have been a request made by. Trump's team, they did not make it at that point. Okay. Whether it would have been granted, there's not, I mean, it's a civil case. It's not a, it's not a criminal case. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even know for sure if it would have been granted in that case, but um, there was some frustration about that whole thing as well. And, and, and I mean, I know why he's saying, you know, yeah, I mean, I know why he's saying those things, um, things he is about the judge is it's, well, number one, I think he believes him, but no, number two, it, if there is, it, it, it kind of invalidates any kind of conviction, or this wouldn't be a conviction, uh, but a ruling mm-hmm. against him in, in civil court, you know, and it's kind of setting that, setting that defense up for that whole thing as well. So, uh, all right, boy, what else do we have today? Um, all right, I got a few other ones here that I want to get to. Apparently, so, so there's some items that we've been using for years that really, you know, have it changed despite technology, technological advances, engineering advances, those sorts of things. Some have changed very much, right? Just look at the, the use of the telephone and how that's changed. But what about toilet paper? Should we be rethinking toilet paper? Wait a minute. I mean, we've got like four ply. What, what else do you well, want? Well, <laughs> what about what about changing the way that the rolls... Well, take a listen. Charmin. Uh, okay. The, the, okay. The smart folks at Charmin... Uh, and those that bear family have a great idea, perhaps. It only took a century. For the first time in 100 years, Charmin has announced a new design in its toilet paper. The popular brand is reinventing the square. And its Ultra Soft Rolls brand will have a new perforation line. According to Charmin's maker, Procter & Gamble, the Easy Tear paper, which has been in the works for five years, will have scalloped edges in an effort to give customers a simpler and smoother tear. A senior Senior scientist at Procter & Gamble said that users' top complaint for years has been an inability to get even tears in the paper. Hillary Barsky, really? Fox News. Okay, here's literally all of it. I, I pulled up the Charmin website. Okay. It's just that it's not a straight line. Oh, so it's like zigzag? So, so it kind of waves a little bit, so that as you tear, it just follows that perforated edge. It's just not a straight line. That's the technological advancement that we have come up with. From and that's Charmin. supposed to make it tear more easily. It's it's we reinvented the square for a smoother tear, tear into softness. Charmin, I, I <laughs> a, a legit question, legit question to everyone: Have you ever been 
frustrated by your toilet paper not tearing tearing cleanly? Because I don't think uh, I have. The, the single, the single time is when it's the very start of the roll. The, but that, okay. But the frustration there is that it whatever adhesive that they yes. have... And then you get the thing. Then I'm where, like three layers deep then, into the yes, toilet. Yes. Then you get, or or like you rip part, of, like a strip of it, but not the whole <laughs> yes. thing. But, but yeah, okay. Pe- but that's a different. That, that's a different problem. Beyond though. that, when it's when it's part of the on the go. I mean, you just do a quick wrist flick. It, <laughs> yeah, just I mean, I don't. It, it right? is. It's, it's Has a, that it's, ever been a problem? It's a flick of the wrist. I get what I I've get. I've never even. Now I'm going to pay super close attention to that today. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> I mean, as soon as I need to. That's. <laughs> That's the technology. Like it's, hey, we needed to improve the tear. Okay, did well, you? I don't, I don't know that you did. I think honestly, the uh, paper towels needed a little bit more help also, with that than toilet paper. Also, uh, yeah. Also, though, like if you don't get a clean tear, does it does it bother you? I'm gonna, like I'm gonna wad it up anyway. It's not, right? It, like you might just rip it off, and it's kind of a rough edge. But it's not like the. It's not like you. Like for instance, like when you take a. Um, uh, masking tape is one where I have this problem, right? You're mm-hmm. peel, or you're peeling off a piece of masking tape, and it rips vertically like halfway. Yes, that like that that doesn't really happen though, outside of perhaps that scenario you were talking about with the very first use of a toilet paper roll. But that doesn't really happen, does it? No, maybe people are having problems. The with biggest this. technological advancement in toilet paper could be whether you decide that as a society. We are just folding up little squares, or we're just balling it up and going to work. <laughs> I'm not answering that question. I'm just I'm yeah, saying yeah. If, if they want to get into the science of it, figure that well, out. Even, let me know. Uh, if or if you go like someplace where they use cheap toilet paper, they're not even perforated. No, no, you just rip where you rip. But but a flick of the wrist, a flick of the wrist, and that's some some of that fun, is right? also because that stuff is so thin. You look at it and it tears. Get a good grip, <laughs> flick of the wrist, and. All right, something I never had even uh, even thought of. Uh, and then last, we'll we'll just update you since it uh, keeps growing. Powerball is uh, so I didn't win last night. Uh, no, okay. nobody won again. Now it's I mean it is a fish officially into ludicrous territory at this point. The winning numbers drawn Monday night were 12, 26, 27, 43, and forty seven with a red Powerball number of five. With no tickets matching all six numbers, the jackpot has now grown to at least $1.2 billion with a one-time cash payout option of $551.7 million ahead of Wednesday night's drawing. One player in Delaware and another in Michigan did win a million dollars, while two players, one in New York and one in South Carolina, won $2 million through the power play option. The last time there was a Powerball jackpot winner was back on July 19th, and that was also a billion-dollar prize. Ted Lindner, Fox News. All right. Here you go. I was at the store the other night, and there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people getting those Powerball tickets. When you win tomorrow, Which what's I the won't. first purchase you make? Uh, well, I'm not going to play, but if I won tomorrow, the first purchase that I make, probably a pizza. I'm calling up the NBA to become one of their jersey patch sponsors. <laughs> just I, you? I, I, just, just your face? It's going to be just my face. Uh, all right. That'll be fun. Uh, 654, <laughs> that is it for your sound off. 70 degrees, cloudy skies in the capital city. Rain likely coming later today with highs in the lower 80s. So drop it down a little bit from those 90s that we've seen for the last several days. U.S. to Ellen, Canada with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 
when you're thinking Huskers. Making a catch at the 10, 5, that is a touchdown, Nebraska. Think 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. I was just com- I was just yawning and saying, I'm tired today, but Caleb may be staying up. Caleb may be staying up late tonight. Yeah, because he's at early. He is a Caleb goes to bed earlier than you do. I bet. Uh, yeah, see. typically between uh, about eight thirty. As soon as we get my daughter in bed, I might no. stay up a little bit, and then it's then it is straight straight to bed for me to but try to might, get those. You're going to might be going to a weeknight concert at PBA here tonight. I'm already kind of questioning the decision. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Like I'm live a little, Caleb. Go to bed after nine. Here's the thing. That's literally what my wife told me yesterday. I was like, man, I don't know. It's gonna make Wednesday. I'm going to Nickelback tonight. We're gonna get a little raucous at PBA. All right. I uh, be interested to hear. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing. It. I'm glad you're getting out and living a little. I've gone to a lot of concerts on weeknights Here, before shows. Here's the question: Do I even go to bed after? It's not gonna go that late. They don't really hit the stage till like nine. I'm asleep by then. I went to I went to Pink in Omaha a few weeks ago, and she didn't hit the stage in Omaha until nine. Yeah, but what? That was that was a weekend though. No, it was a weeknight. It was a Monday night. I don't believe. I you. was here the next morning. You're a liar. It's seven o'clock on <laughs> KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome back on your Tuesday morning, October 3rd, 2023. Uh, We'll have more on, uh, we've got Chris Lofkin live down there on South 70th Street. Uh, south of Yankee Hill, um, where we've got a train stopped right there that is stopping traffic. And uh, he's going to have the latest on that for us a little bit later here. But la- at last check, that train was still blocking traffic. So you're going to want to avoid that if possible. Find Get on 84th, get on 56th if you're going south out of town or coming north into town, I suppose, mm-hmm. as well. So uh, Joe Jordan joining us right now to talk Nebraska news and politics. For, uh, Joe of News Channel Nebraska. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Good, Jack. Uh, you wear that gold jacket last weekend. Things go okay. Yeah, yeah. But my God, I got I got one more on this Thursday night too. So it is. Uh, yep, it's been. And the good news is, for the first time, I uh, yeah, you're not going to be sweating. I'm not going to be right? sweating through the thing <laughs> with my outdoor shots on the uh, on the field because I have been the last two weeks over that good old Seacrest field. So. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was good. It was good, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll have to check with the crew over there, make sure there weren't any, too many complaints uh, <laughs> complaints about me. They keep asking me back to do it, so I guess I guess You're not. I guess so. Uh, so we were uh, we were talking uh, a little bit last week about the new independent candidate for Senate uh, here in the state that would be running for the Deb Fisher seat, and his name is. Uh, Dan Osborne and you and I were kind of speculating a little bit about what it means for Democrats. Uh, they don't have any candidates yet, uh, I believe. For well, outside of the one House race, uh, they don't have any for any of the Senate races that have stepped forward here at this point. Uh, you had you had talked a little bit to to Jane Cleb about earlier um, about that, and that she was saying, "Hey, we're still going to have candidates. We're going to have candidates that people have heard of." We discussed that. You have since uh, had some discussions 
that kind of update a little bit what has been said and what the Democrats' strategy might be with this seat, specifically when you've got an independent candidate. What did you, uh, what did you learn here uh, in this reporting? Well, on one hand, Jane Klebb still insists that the Democrats are going to have candidates against uh, Senator Ricketts and against Senator Fisher. But then when I so I asked her, how come they let sort of, in my view, they let Don Osborne, Dan Osborne slip away? Because if you look at his resume, uh, he's a Navy veteran, which isn't necessarily a Republican or Democrat. But he, uh, in addition to that, he's a union guy. He's a labor leader. And uh, he and his uh, announcement, he noted that as he helped lead the strike against Kellogg's, uh, in Omaha, the Omaha plant a couple of years ago, uh, in his view, he saved and uh, put uh, a package together that increased uh, benefits and wages and packages for 500 union members at the Kellogg's plant. On its face, he looks like a Democratic candidate. So I said to Jane Kleb, you know, how come you kind of let this guy get away? She goes, well, we've talked to Dan and we really like Dan and he wants to run as an independent. And then I said, well, is there any chance you could, you could support him? And she goes, well, it's a possibility. Now, keep in mind, uh, I don't want to get this thing too far out of the, out of the barn, but, but it's clear that the party, at least Jane Klebb, and I think probably some others within the party, are considering the possibility of trying to coalesce a situation where Dan Osborne would be running as an independent, but the Democratic Party would, in effect, endorse him and seek to join maybe libertarians in the state uh, because they know, and Jane Clyde makes this very clear, in fact, she said it to me, we know we can't win without independence in this state. So if you've got an independent candidate, the obvious choice is to go forward uh, possibly and 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 join that join that campaign as best you can. Now, here's the, here's the problem that the Democrats face. All it really takes, in my view, is if someone, whoever it is, some so, somebody in the Democratic, who is a registered Democrat, jumps up and says, I want to run for the Senate against uh, Deb Fisher. It's really hard, I think, for the Democratic Party to tell this person, no, you can't do that because we're going yeah. to do this. we got this deal we're going to put together right. with, with Dan Osborne. Because the Democratic Party sort of has always uh, viewed itself as this open party and not ready to block anybody that wants to run. So if somebody now, maybe there, maybe there's no one that's really committed to the point yet because Jane Clef has not given any names out. She keeps saying they're going to have somebody. Now, could that somebody be Dan Osborne in this sort of uh, package put together where they don't have their own candidates? So they, they, they do this. Um, if you'll remember uh, a couple of years ago, um, State Senator from uh, from Omaha. Oh my goodness! I'm now I'm not thinking of his name. He ran for governor against Ricketts. Um. Oh, <laughs> uh, Chris, Bob, Bob, Chris, Bob, Bob Chris. Chris. Yeah. Okay. If you remember. Oh, that's he, right. He was. Uh, yeah, he started that's, as an independent. That's right. And then then he couldn't get any traction, so he decided to join the Democratic Party. Yeah. Uh, because there's more money available and all those kinds of things. In the end, of course, he still loses by 20 points to Pete Ricketts. Right. So, so uh, it, it didn't. My point being, it didn't do him any good to become the Democratic candidate. And I'm, I'm guessing maybe that Dan Osborne and his folks have looked at this and said, you know, we, we we're, we're, if, 
we're not going to win as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So why don't we run as an independent and see what we can put together here over over time? Um, and it, 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 if you think about it, it, it does make some common sense. If you know that one option isn't going to work, do try another. Now, if the Democratic Party were to get behind Dan Osborne and you had this independent candidate backed now by the Democratic Party and with the Libertarians join in, I'm not sure that would matter much, but if, if they did, um, now you've got a significant potential number of voters out there that you haven't had before. Uh, my question is, <laughs> if the Democratic Party does sort of put their imprimatur on Dan Osborne, does that now damage him going forward as this independent candidate? <laughs> I, I, how they have to wield this thing together to me is, 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 quest- is a big question, but I will tell you, the comments I've gotten following the story, there's a lot of people that think this is the Democrats' best chance going forward, is to join, in effect, the, the Osborne independent campaign and see where it goes. Well, I mean, if I mean, if I can opine on the whole thing, I would agree with uh, with that assessment by people. I can't if you're the if you're the Democrats in in this situation, um, I, you know, I don't know if it's I, I think it's a long shot either way. But I don't know if you, you you're better off with a I behind your name instead of a a D here. Um, I know that has fundraising implications, but it may also have some other implications as well. But given, I mean. They obviously don't have somebody, you know, some superstar ready and waiting to run, right? I mean, right. that's that's right. one thing we 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 know here at this point, and so I can't imagine you're gonna you're gonna bring somebody out who's a candidate from the from the party that's more, you know, that is going to that's going to be a better candidate on their face than Dana Osborne in this case, um, and of course, if they would, any chances that either of them had, which are slim already which are very slim already are nil because they're going to split the vote essentially. So it does no good. Right. It does no good for any of them at that point. So, well, and what would be less embarrassing if you think about it, what would be less embarrassing for some, for the Democrats to bring out a candidate whose resume is less formidable than Dan Osborne's resume. Right. right. And it very well uh, could happen. Yeah. Right. And then now you've got, now you've got your candidate who, is basically, in some respects, is siphoning votes off of the better candidate. So it's it's just a weird situation. But uh, in my discussion with Jane Clapp, I I get uh, sort of reading between the lines of what she and what she was saying, but straight on the lines was there's this possibility that this could happen. And kind of reading between the lines, I get the feeling maybe she kind of wants this to happen. Uh, that, that, they, that, that they see this might be uh, a, a, an idea and an opportunity. Uh, for the for the party to do something that it, 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 and I put this in the story to my knowledge it hasn't been done before. Hey. I, I, in, in the forty years I've been covering Nebraska politics, and I don't think it happened before that where where, the, where one of the traditional parties backed an independent against the other right. party's candidate. It, it hasn't happened before. Well, I mean, and, yeah, go ahead, finish that thought. And and so my point being that uh, I think Jane may see this. Jane Clegg may see this as maybe the, a, a new route to try because nothing else has worked. I mean, it, it's 20 years now since the Democrats have had a competitive race for, for a statewide seat, yeah. uh, no matter what it is. No, you pick the statewide Senate, House, you know, Senate, Governor, uh, you know, Attorney General, whatever. You pick the seat, they, 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 have, they, they get beat by 20 points. I mean, it's almost just... You, here's, Automatic. Here's, here's, yeah. here's the final score before we even get the great right. start. Here, it's going to be 59-41 or one or two points apart. Right. 
So why not, you know, I guess, and my point being, why not try something else? Why not try a different avenue? I mean, the old thing about, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, looking for a different outcome. Well, change, change that, and you're at least changing the playing field and giving the voters another view of the situation. Right. So. I mean, they've got a branding problem, obviously. They've got a, it's not, what they're doing isn't working um, in right. terms of winning elections. It just, it, it isn't. It's not surprising anyone to to say that. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't do it. And, and again, this is not me saying that, well, you know, this guy's going to go in and win because the odds are still, I mean, incredibly, incredibly stacked um, against him just from the, the historic results of, of these sorts of races. But um, man, it's it's hard it's hard to imagine a scenario where the Democrats put a candidate in and that is a a more significant challenge to Deb Fisher than this situation would be. It's just hard to imagine it. Uh, you know, you know what I was thinking about, Joe. You were like, well, you were like, well, what what happens if somebody raises their hand and then they want to get in the race? As a Democrat, it puts the Democrats in an awkward position at that point, which I agree with. But don't you think they would also be saying to this person who runs, wants now to run for a statewide race, like, where were you? Where were you when we had nobody running for all these offices last state election? Essentially, when they couldn't get candidates. Right. I suppose they could tell this person, well, okay, you're you're going to be the person against Pete Ricketts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We got another one. You want to run for Senate? You know, does it really matter who you're running against? <laughs> uh, that is, yeah, that is interesting how, um, how I, I, I think I know the reasoning why a candidate would pick one race over the other. Um, just because of the, uh, uh, in part, the financial ability of uh, mm-hmm. the the candidate, or maybe there are other reasons, but that's an interesting calculus in itself, Joe. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard the answer yet from the uh, Osborne folks as to why they decided to run against Fisher uh, versus Ricketts, but I'm guessing it's because Ricketts is, is you know, the, the just the, <laughs> the difficulty of running against somebody with that much that much money to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he has had more recent races. He has had a more recent race than Fisher had where he got, you know, 60% of the vote across the state. Uh, not to say that she, that's to say that she can't come back and do the same thing, right. but, but I, I do think, uh, and I, again, I, this is just, my, I haven't um, possibly will talk to Osborne sometime this week, but at, so far I haven't had that opportunity, but I'm guessing they picked, they picked Fisher because Ricketts is money uh, is yeah. an automatic uh, game stopper for some people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Fisher's obviously formidable too. I mean, she blew out Bob Carey. <laughs> I mean, in right. a, you know, so I don't think there's a great matchup in in on either situation if you're trying to unseat either of those incumbents. Hey, I, I wanted to ask you. There was news this week um, that the uh, state has put in uh, interim regulations uh, when it comes to non-surgical interventions, and I want to make sure I say all these things right, non-surgical interventions for minors uh, for gender-affirming care, um, essentially. And and this was one of the things that was part of the bill that eventually did get passed during last legislative session that would ban surgeries for minors, but it would leave up to the chief medical officer essentially making regulations about some of the non-surgical interventions. They came out with a list of these, and I was a little, I'm not sure what I expected exactly, Joe, but there was a real enumerated pathway to be able to use these non-surgical interventions uh, according to at least what the interim rules are. Now, there's still going to be a hearing, and they've got to finalize the final rules on this. But I was, I don't know, again, I'm not sure what I expected, but there is a 
it's a, a clear pathway. I think maybe some people will argue about some of the numbers, but the pathway is there to be able to still use these. Are you surprised by that, or was that really the only the only kind of outcome here on this? No, I, I was surprised as well. And because uh, based on all, all the discussions we had at the le- in, in the making of that legislation and all the, all the all the floor debates and what and what have you, the the constant theme was was pretty clear. That, the, that if you're under the age of 19, you're not going to be able to make these decisions, and then these are, and, and, and it's, things aren't going to be available to you. Now, it was, it was also clear, however, during the debate that they were talking about you know surgical procedures that it would not be uh, you, you, once you had it, you can't go back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, I don't know if it was it's the it's the sort of the uh, you know the, the the medical side of this is is sort of the, what. Is it what's driving the chief medical officer looking at it as a doctor as opposed to a, a legislator saying, you know, we, some, we have to have some ability to, uh, to, to help these people. For instance, one thing that I have heard is let's say you've got a, let's say you've got a football game, for instance, in the state of Nebraska, and a team comes in from I don't know where, okay, pick your state, Oklahoma, whoever, person gets injured. There's this person is transgender. They go to the hospital in Lincoln, Nebraska, to get treatment, and they're they're not going to get any treatment because I don't know whatever their injury is. It you know it could require something that maybe we don't. I, I way, first of all, I'm way off my field here. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm really hypothesizing, mm-hmm. but but what is a doctor supposed to do in a situation like that? Is, is their hands completely tied? This, at least to my view, sort of unties those physicians' hands to a, to a degree to allow them some independent ability to, to treat an individual uh, under circumstances that I don't begin to understand, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, but I do think it leaves the door open for some care that, that I think at one point during the legislative debate, it appeared that there wasn't going to be any type of care for these individuals. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to specify, yeah, it, and it's gender-affirming care, obviously. So, like, it's 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 got to do with... Um, right. you know, with, with that the hormones transitioning, those, those sorts of things that this would deal with, not just general medical treatment that would go along right. with an injury but, or but, something like but that. I do but I know this, there are, there are, there are, you know, drugs you take that, that, that on the face of it may not appear to have anything to do with hormones that can affect those hormones. Okay. I see and what you're so, saying. Okay. So who knows how, how that all plays out. I, at that part, yeah. I don't begin to understand, but, but there's, you know, there are certain Certain things that affect certain other things, yeah. and and how that plays out medically is difficult to understand. But it but it happens. It, it was just kind of interesting to see the reaction by you know the people who were opposed to these regulations at all, and they made the same arguments against the legislation. Which you know I understand they said this should never be in the hands of um, people in government and should be between you know families and, and their doctors essentially. But there wasn't specifically with respect to the the numbers the sorts of things that were in the plan necessarily those direct criticisms from as many um of the people so it was kind of on the bigger picture uh all right yeah good conversation joe i appreciate your insight on all these things looking forward to see what you have next tuesday we'll talk to you then take care take care Jack. there you go Thanks. joe jordan news channel nebraska all right it's 726 We've got sports coming up next on klin about today this is the morning drive Presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get started with number five. 
Divided Lincoln City Council approved a labor contract for about 500 street maintenance, technical, and clerical employees. Union actually uh, was objecting to the uh, contract. Uh, It was the city's last best offer. Union wanted to keep negotiating, but the council decided four to three that that was their last best offer, and they passed it. It, uh, the union uh, actually they reached an impasse in August and been right trying to get back together. Includes a three percent raise, the parental leave, and a couple of other things as well. So, and uh, this may be because you know there's a certain sort of way that a, you you see a typical strike in the private sector play out, which we're watching several of them right now. Yeah. Frankly, in the private sector where. Where you basically have right the the both sides, you've got the the union and the employer, and they just need to get to the same right to the same place. Uh, and, and the if they're not right, there's no there's no deal in that situation. It, it's different with the city of Lincoln um, and how that works. Uh, it, it's not the same as a private situation because. As, as you pointed out there, Mark, basically, under their rules, the city offers a last best offer, okay, and the negotiating party does, and then the city council, as opposed to the union itself, actually accepts it on behalf of the union, and had they not accepted it, that basically puts the two parties back at the bargaining table. At that point, under the so, old and continue right. on so under the old contract. It doesn't need so the union didn't nece- didn't necessarily want this approved by the city council. And typically, this would be a place where you're saying, "Well, wouldn't the union approve this?" No, it's not. It's not like that because it's in the public sector and there right. are laws, there are state laws that govern this process essentially. So, the the city council and it was a what a four to three vote four on three. this four yes. to three vote that basically accepts the last best offer. Um, the mayor, uh, the mayor wanted the council to approve the last best offer. Offer uh, the city, obviously, who negotiated the people in the city departments who negotiated this. They wanted them to do it. Uh, the union did not necessarily want that, but uh, it was a four to three vote. It was a close vote, and so this goes on for a year, and then they'll go back through the process. But what was kind of striking to me, Mark, is just how little sort of labor strife there has been with these types of unions and the city over the years and every piece that i've read about it talked about how this rarely happens and very, has rarely very, rarely very happened rarely, historically yeah. and what the same situation with the uh with the fire union right yes and and uh that's that's a similar situation there yeah, they, so. did, they did come to an agreement uh, what middle of the summer with the police union i believe yeah i believe so but the firefighters union's also at an impasse right now and that's not been um, it, it's been a decade since the the this the one that was voted in yesterday that that union they hadn't been in an impasse for a decade, but it's been since the '90s that the firefighters union has been so uh, interesting. And it kind of divided it the vote itself divided people of the same political party persuasion as well. Yeah, you had so, two, uh, if you will, Democrats and one Republican voting against. Right. Yeah. Okay. And James Michael Bowers uh, was quoted in the Journal Star saying he just wanted it to go back for more uh, negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number four. Texas man in jail after a situation near Denton over the weekend. The Sheriff's Department, Lancaster County, called to a wedding ceremony at Hillside Events. Uh, 
Call of a gunshot wound. Uh, officers learned the man was officiating the wedding, decided to gain everybody's attention, started the wedding. Uh, 62-year-old Michael Gardner of Odessa, Texas, attempted to fire a snub-nosed revolver into the air with a blank to begin the wedding, but uh, as he cocked the, uh, the hammer back, his hand slipped. Inadvertently discharged a homemade blank round that hit his 12-year-old grandson in the shoulder. Oh my goodness! So uh, the the grandson non-life-threatening injuries here, uh, but further treatment was necessary after this. Um, I as has been very made very clear on the show uh, in previous episodes of the show uh, would not be a gun expert. So I didn't. So a homemade blank. What exactly? So it sounds like that might have been a, a blank can still hurt someone. Is what I'm oh, learning sure, here today. Yeah. It's like a wad, you know, okay. that, that, that packs the gunpowder. In this case, I believe they were using black powder. It was, uh, uh, and glue, apparently? Yeah, they, they glue it in, and uh, well, unless they've got a, a little plug that they can use, but it's uh, sometimes just referred to, as I understand it, as a, a blank wad. And that, uh, you know, it gets discharged, but the fact that normally a blank, a lot of them are used in starter pistols, for example, and they're shot into the air. This one slipped and obviously was pointed at the, the 12-year-old. Caleb, you ever shot a starter pistol at a race? I have. I assumed you had. I have. Um, I, I'd been doing that since since high school. There was a lot of times you would end up, uh, as if you were one of the high school track kids, and they went, hey, no one's around. Can you start this race? Yep. 200. Let's go. So they actually give you a gun to do that with? Yeah, you, you got one. And with you, a- you go out and you, you put on the little kind of the orange glove, orange sleeve, so everyone can see it. Runners to your marks, set, fire, and uh, I did did it a lot in college because we'd help out with stuff as as athletes there. But but yeah, it it one of the very first things that they do is hey, you're going to be away from everybody. Right. You're going to start out pointing it down and away from you, and then it's going up. Mm-hmm. But it's still it it sounds like in in this case it had slipped and at that point it's no longer pointed up it's pointed at somebody and someone gets hurt and it being an antique it had to be uh, hand cocked is my understanding okay. mm-hmm. so and that's when uh, his thumb probably slipped as uh, and so he had it it was interesting i mean he brought it uh, what because it it was my understanding according to some of the reporting that they had we're going to get it started but they couldn't find the rings and so they people were scattered about and essentially he was using this to get people's attention. Uh, and it is, did. Is my, well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it definitely did. But if you brought a gun with blanks in it along, maybe they were planning to always. I don't, maybe that was the plan. Maybe that's how how they were going to start the thing. Anyway, uh, with this, so hopefully that child, twelve uh, year old, uh, is okay. His own his own grandson in that situation. But this, by the way, is it's already a little bit, and I think it probably continue will continue make some national rounds with uh with this story here and the man is in the man the, the man who was also the officiant of the wedding is now in some some criminal trouble with this as well and so we'll see how that goes uh all right moving on number three lincoln independent business association president and ceo bud Sinorst announced his resignation yesterday he's leaving at the end of the year leaving for an opportunity in the private sector he's been the leba president since 2019 uh, Liba now began their search for a new president and CEO. 
Uh, Mark, I'm going to just I'm gonna ask for you for some comment on this. I know you know Bud very well, and people have been listening to Lincoln Business Beat as well. Um, it's something that you guys have, have worked together on. Uh, just curious about your reaction to this. Uh, you know, it when the opportunities uh, are presented and, and you believe you've got a better uh, opportunity in the private sector, uh, you know, all for that. I mean, that's that's he's got his right. own own business uh, entity that he and his wife have, and and I I believe they've got some new uh, new contracts that they're working on, and and so and to be real honest, uh, you know, to go and uh, be in that position and have to testify before. Uh, the legislature and the county commission and and this has been a tough year for all of these people in the nonprofit sector i mean i mean he went in just before the pandemic hit. <laughs> yep you know, that, I, I know someone else who did that in the uh in the in yes. the nonprofit world and, and that, um, that's a tough world right now yeah and so uh, you know i i have a hunch that the the personal opportunities uh outrank the yeah. uh, but well, he, he's been a strong advocate for small independent businesses and will continue to be so. What you're saying is it's not a ho-hum position. There's right. a, a little bit of work Bud yeah. put into this. He put a lot well. of work. And, and he was actually, you, you may recall the joint uh, statement on the SCC um, yeah. levy. That joint statement took a lot of work to put together, and that was Bud's uh, impetus behind that. So, And he... Uh, um, Boy, he had a tough job too, given that he was uh, he was replacing Kobe Mack in that job as well, who uh, obviously had had built incredible respect and had accomplishments in in that position as well. You never want to, you know, it's always hard to follow the guy. You always want to follow the guy who followed the guy yeah. uh, or gal when when you're uh, doing something like that. And then you mentioned combine that with the pandemic, which put a lot of these businesses in a um, in in difficult positions that he was working with, so yeah, I can see why it's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there was it was a lot there, but uh, as far as I, to the extent I know, um, did a did a did a good job with that with that whole process. I, I will, and I will tell you, this past uh, few months uh, it has literally been uh, the the issue of, of taxes has been taxing on all of everybody <laughs> that's been yeah. involved, and so. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see where they go next for that. Yes. Uh, will not be an easy position to fill. He's staying on till uh, you might have said this, till the end of the year. Is Correct. that right? Correct. All right. Moving on. Number two. Union College Board of Trustees voted yesterday to change their name for the first time in their 132-year history. They did about a year's worth of research and are changing it to... Uh, Union Adventist University at the end of the school year. So it'll be May of next uh, 2024. Right. So the, apparently, I didn't even realize this. I guess it's not surprising. There are at least two or three other institutions that go by Union College. And as you would expect, that can be very confusing <laughs> when people are corresponding, Googling, applying, maybe even all of those things. And so that was one impetus for this whole thing and you know then they they preferred the word uh university uh over college in this situation to describe what they're uh, what they're doing there and they wanted to get the connection with the seventh day adventist church in there as well so union adventist university aka uau we're gonna see some uau sweatshirts Ooh, some, around a little uau i'm all right with that maybe absolutely so there you go but yeah did you say 132 year history? Is that yeah, right? That's right. Holy cow! 
And no, contrary to popular belief, I was not around when it started. <laughs> okay, all right. That's uh, that makes that's really impressive then. All right, and let's finish off with number one. I find this one pretty hard to believe. But. <laughs> That's why I put it on here. You snuck this one in on me, didn't I you? I did, I did. Uh, average waiting time in fast food drive through lanes went down so far this year. You're thinking that the wait time lanes at fast food restaurants has gone down. You're not wrong. An annual study by InTouch Insight. Average total time spent in a drive through went from went down 29 seconds. Wait time to place an order down by 25 seconds. Uh, I still don't believe, but they, yeah. Um, it, but apparently, the number the number of cars year over year actually went down from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, and that might be pandemic, post pandemic related. I'm not totally sure, um, and and that would have factored in as well. I'm not surprised by this because what's skewing the average a little bit is some of the places that have gotten ultra efficient. <laughs> Chick Fil A. You, we're talking about Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Right? Also, Raising Canes. Uh, really? The, the Raising Canes. At least, I guess I, don't, I haven't gone through the one here on O Street very many times, but the one on by South Fifty Sixth. Uh, holy cow! Like you'll see a huge line. You're like, oh man, this is a lot. Boom. They uh, something happened. I think what happened is a lot of these during the pandemic. They went drive through only at a lot of these places, and they I think figured out new methods. Um, new protocols of staffing it and, and finding ways to do it more quickly and more efficiently that stuck with them throughout. I think that's the biggest reason. Okay. And I think also the longer the the longer the drive gives them more chance to get everything prepped and out the window. That would be my analysis. Yeah. The, yeah. the very, very short ones are you know, you only got two car lengths from the time you order till you pick it up. Right, it takes prep time. Well, yeah. yeah, you think about the the Chick Fil A that's over here on on Forty Eighth right. and O is you've got the two people taking the order, and then you might be eight cars right. until you get around to the window, and it's just constantly going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then and then I don't know how much there's other tech. Like I still am sort of surprised that the fast food industry is not completely went not necessarily AI, but at least like. Touchscreen or something like that. Now Subway like, does that. Does Subway do? I know Mr. Goodsense does it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they've got that at least at the one on South 84th Street where they do that. But I think maybe they don't do it because they feel like that slows things down even more. Right. Maybe. What, what also uh, speeds things up is uh, some of them have gone to pre-order only on your app. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the what other Jason thing. Just texted in. Th- that's the other thing is I'm trying to think. Uh, the only one that I that goes of, pre-order only. Yes, I believe the Chipotle there on uh, yes. Pine, uh, Pine Lake or on yeah. yeah Pine Lake. So they have a drive. That's true. They have a drive-through, but it's not for going up and ordering. It's it's you have for to walk app, in to order. To right. Go. It's for app pickups. Is all is yeah. all that drive-through lane is, and that works very slick. Actually, okay. I I really like that. Um. But of course, that would cut down on the number of cars. Even I don't even know if that counts as a drive-through. Are you driving through? Because you're not you're not ordering. Oh, yes, you are. You're order you're not ordering at the drive-through. You're ordering before you get to the drive-through. Semantics. Are, are you are you are you driving? I don't to get consider the order. that a drive-through. I don't consider Chipotle a drive-through. I consider that you're not walking I through. Are you that, driving? I consider that carry-out or pickup, or as they call it in Europe, takeaway. Takeaway. <laughs> Let's vote on it. It's a drive-through. 
Aye. Aye. Nay. Motion passes. <laughs> Need a super majority of 75% fails. <laughs> That's according to my new con- or new constitution. <laughs> my age, I get two votes. <laughs> you lose. All right. That is it. That is it for the sound office presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. 71 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is time for pick number four, Fantasy Huskers. We're asking you this week, what will be the final digit in Nebraska's score against Illinois on Friday? And uh, we can uh, get to the picks here in just a minute. But first, we've got to tell you how to get a pick. Text in the keyword right now. Text in the keyword, and we're going to pick one of the people who text in the keyword in the next half hour uh, to be pick number picker number four. So the keyword today for the fourth pick is... Valentino's. Whoa, V A L E. E N T I N O apostrophe S. Yes. Yeah. But you could do it either way. Which, right. Yep. You can do it either way. Okay. Yep. All right. That scared me. I've looked at a lot of pizza boxes in my. You were like, uh oh. I usually rip that top off the pizza box so quickly that I don't. That I'm like, <laughs> hey, wait, did I ever? Did I ever really figure out how to spell this word, this name? But luckily, <laughs> luckily, I was uh, was okay with that. So text that in. Uh, what are the uh, the guesses that are off the board for the final digit so far? Well, yesterday we lost seven and eight. Today, earlier this morning, Tina took one. One. So banking on twenty one. Prop twenty one or. Oh, that'd be great. 31, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting one. Obviously, you're not getting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not getting 11, but could happen. Could happen, but... In Nebraska, Pony did get 11 earlier 21, 31, and 41 are pretty common ones there. So, yeah. all right. That'll be interesting to see how people play that. Three is still available. I like three. Three is a good. Three is good. Three is probably my next pick because you've got three and thirteen sitting right there. Three is and so which ones are gone? See which ones are gone again? Sorry. One, seven, and eight. Yeah, three and four are the prime, the best picks next. I would say four. You got fourteen and twenty-four. I'd feel good about zero. Zero, ten, and twenty. I don't feel good about zero. Uh, but ten, twenty, twenty. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what the offense. I I haven't really thought about my prediction on this one yet. I still need to delve into this thing. So I guess I should just pick whatever my prediction says for this. I feel like four should go pretty quick. Yeah, I think four and three are the next two best picks on on the board. But four with 14 and 24 are mm-hmm. prime time. Yep. Prime time. Um, I, I realize that we missed the beginning of October. I guess we've only had one day here in the month of, of October. Start a spooky so season. Um, and without, I think I kind of owe the listeners a little something when October starts. 
because I'm self-aware about how I act during certain times of the year. Okay. I am self-aware about how I act in January and February and parts of March. Okay. I realize that I get very, I get very whiny, uh, about just that time of year, uh, particularly because of the weather, and I'm supposed to be here to to wake you up in the morning and cheerfully give you the news and information uh, and entertain you along the way. And sometimes it takes a little extra effort in those months. They're real downers for me. So I think to balance the scales a little bit, I also need to clarify when I'm very happy about those same factors. And I have declared October on multiple times, multiple times, the clear number one uh, above the line for everyone else, mm-hmm. best month in the calendar, October. Okay. Far and away. No no question whatsoever for me. October is my favorite month, so I am here to say I'm in a good mood. I'm not whining. Well, I have been whining about how hot it is, but that's done now. Okay, I'm in in a good mood and ready to spread some positive vibes about what is happening in the month that is around us. But it reminded me that we did an exercise uh, back in the old Top 5 Tuesday when we used to do it, where you and I both ranked the top five months. Now, I did not go back and look at the actual rankings on this, but I wanted to see if I stayed consistent. And I couldn't see where what picks you said, other than you dogging one of mine. Um, oh, so you don't even have my list there? No. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we won't know if I stayed consistent. But uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, so I decided to re to re go through it because it it sort of changes. They bump up, they bump down every once in a while. Um, and we had an interesting conversation. And a whole bunch of other people sent in their their sort of rankings of either their top five or even their entire twelve. Um, it's it, it, and the beginning's easy and the end is easy. It's the middle that's hard on on this ranking list. But for me, I evaluate them over three factors each month when I do this. Number one, weather. Number two, sports calendar. Yep. <laughs> and then number yep. three, I would, I would just call it like seasonal and or personal events. So that would include holidays. That would include, you know, Birthdays, anniversaries, start and end of school, just sort of the intangibles that just come along with the month every year. So those are the three major things, I think. I one time did, I'm such a dork about this. You know what I did once, Caleb? I actually ranked all the months on all three of those metrics, and then I averaged the scores. (laughs) So this is like, this is like an oddly frequent pastime of mine is is ranking the months but i like to see how they change yeah in my life over the years so i have again ranked my top 12 months have you uh have you got your rankings now i remember when we did this last time ours were uh, like very different which really surprised me on the whole thing i thought there would be some sort of there, there's some close ones. they'd be generally the same but ours are very different uh number one do you and does everyone else out there do we all agree October is the best? Like, if we pulled the entire the entire listening audience, would October get the plurality of the votes I think October as, would as the win. best month? I think October would, would win. Like, I don't even know exactly what comes in second. I'm not totally sure. Probably uh, early summer, maybe. 
Maybe December, maybe, but I think there's also people that really don't like December, so that pushes it down a little bit. I, I think uh, when you go through and you took all of the votes, even if some people had October 2nd, 3rd, 4th, even, right. there would be enough of if them you, that if would you, list If higher. you rank order voted them yeah, versus voting choice. for one. That shows you, by the way, that shows you why ranked, why some people want to do rank choice. It makes October even more powerful. Okay, are we going to start with our number 12, our worst month? And uh, our yeah, let's go, let's, go, let's go backwards, yes. I have struggled between 11 and 12. I don't know... I know which two months are the very worst. I just don't know which to put them in. Which oh, there's a correct order to put them in. Okay. Well, I went. I put last place. I put February in a last place. Thousand percent. But do you have January number eleven? Yes, I okay. do. So those are. I and I also think those are two very clearly the two worst months. Mm-hmm. I I give February the nod as a worst month, based on the fact that number one. You just have another month of frustration of winter that's already built up in you, yeah. number one, because it's later. January still has sort of the edge of a holiday there, <laughs> right? You've got New Year's, and so that's a little bit of like an event. Um, you, there might be like some long long weekends. There's another, <laughs> I guess you could get that then January or February. Uh, but then, now it used to be February was a wasteland when it came to sports, but the Super Bowl is in February yeah, now. Super it used there. to be in January. So I, so, but you got all the playoffs still going through, and NFL playoffs going through January, which there's probably the two week break is mm-hmm. all you're getting in February. So January's, and then you still have the, you have the college football national championship that's different in January. So January's still the superior sports month, too. Yeah. So I, I, by all those right reasons, I'm going January last February, or February last January, second yep. to last. I'm right there with you. All right. I am going to make people mad with number 10. I am going to make people mad with number 10 because there are people listening right now that have this in their top three. I've got November number 10. I knew you were going there. I By the hate, way, last time you had it at nine. I, I that, that's one November. of the only ones that I. That's it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, cons- I'm consistent. So you do. Okay. You do have my rank. Okay. No, that's the only one that I could see. Oh, that's the only one that you could because see. Because you were dogging where I had November. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay. November, I've got it number 10. And let me state my case. Here's the, 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 the weather in November is, come on, the weather in November is not really great. There's a lot of months that have better weather than November. Um, the sports is is fine. The sports is good. You still have football, but unfortunately, Nebraska's football season has been so, sort of the intrigue has been gone by November so long that I feel like that's kind of factored in to what I think. And then the intangibles about November. Daylight saving time. It gets darker much earlier, starting in November. Big change. All the leaves are gone in November from the trees for the first time. There's just a depressing air to that month for me. It's like it settles it, and it kind of it kind of lightens by December. But for me, November, and I know it gets a plus for Thanksgiving, no doubt about it. That helps. Thanksgiving weren't there. It wouldn't be far from January and February for me. <laughs> Thanksgiving saves it. What's your number ten? June. June? June is number ten. Do you have a is there a is there an outstanding negative for it? It just my whole like there's now that we have a daughter, maybe some of that'll change. I think this is something we talked about last time that things will change as, as you start to do more family things. Yeah. There's just nothing happening in June really of excitement for me right now because everything so much revolves around what Huskers are going on 
and then when can we make a trip? And we'll we'll make a little trip here and there, but there's just not a lot happening in June. And even then, right now, it's a thousand degrees like this last summer. Yeah. See, okay, weather's fine in June. I mean, it's not it's it's on the hot side, but the weather's weather's fine in June. Sports, eh? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. better than July and August for sports. I'll tell you that it's better than July and August for sports because you still have the NBA Finals, you still have the College World Series, you still have, you know, U.S. Open. I guess if you're into that sort of thing. But for me, on the intangibles, I've got Father's Day falls in June. Mm-hmm. My anniversary falls in June too, which I know okay. yours, yours doesn't necessarily, but not necessarily, it just doesn't. Um, <laughs> so those are those are pluses too. And those usually happen like in the same weekend for me, so that's a that's a higher one for right, me. I've got June at sixth. I'll just say that I've got June up at sixth. Okay, so. where, where's your number nine? My number nine. See, I've got kind of what you were talking about with June, but I consider that to be July. Okay, I've got July and ninth because of all the reasons you said for June. The sports are worse in July. The intangibles are similar. I think for me, Fourth of July kind of helps helps a little bit. And so that bumps it up a bit. And the summer temperatures are not, I mean, the weather is not the worst. The worst is the, the cold. So mm-hmm. I got July at 9. I, actually, I, put, I put September at 9. And I know we just came out of there, and I know football starts. I hate hot football. <laughs> I hate hot football. You're, you're being overly influenced by this September, I feel like. <laughs> and I'm probably a little bit. There's some recency bias. But hot football sucks. I'm, I don't like that. I am at tired all. of hot football too. <laughs> hot hay rack rides, hot campfires. Like at that point when we when you start to get into hot September, apple orchards. I wanted to start <laughs> just hot cider, hot chili. <laughs> it's ninety three. Yeah. Let's go pile on the hay rack ride. All right, where's your number eight? Num- I've got August number eight. Okay. Uh, basically same argument as July. I mean almost the same situation as July. Um, there's more, you know, you're getting closer to football season. I think that helps school starts, which has been a positive in my life <laughs> as, so that helps in intangibles too. Okay. My birthday is also in August. So okay. that helps a little. I, I went May on that one on, on my number eight. Wow. We're also, we're also going to have to start cooking a little bit quicker. Jeez, here. I guess so. All right. All right. Uh, number, uh, okay. I've got number seven. I've got March. Okay. I'm April on number seven. Wow. Six. I've got June, which we discussed. Six, I am sitting in August. You have August that... Wow. You hmm, you don't like September, but you like August? I got married... Uh, no, it was... What was it? Was I married in August or was I married in July? Crap. This is bad. I think I got married in July. Why did I have August here? <laughs> you forgot what month you got married in? I know I've got July higher than that, so okay. good on me. Um, I'm going to act like that didn't happen. Uh, number number five, I've got I got December checking in at number five. Hey, that's where I've got it. All right. I've got September up at four, where you had September very low, but the start of football season is huge I uh, have, for me on that one. I have March at four. Okay. The, the, the weather hurts March for me. The weather hurts March a lot. Now, and here's the thing. I really like that spring weather. It, the spring... It can be, but it can also still be winter when you really don't want it to be winter. Right. The oh, variability. I get, I get that. The variability of the weather hurts March for me. I mean, April can have snowstorms. Uh, so I got May number three. Uh, uh, my, you you said May at three. Yeah. I went July at three because I did get married in that month, and uh, <clears throat> and you've also got Fourth of July. That's just been a lot of fun. It's especially been fun now with my daughter. Like okay. her getting introduced to all of that. 
May and the school. I think May is Nebraska's is Lincoln, Nebraska's weather superpower. May nights is uh, if you were ever coming to Lincoln for just the weather, it would be because of May nights. Uh, I got April number two. April number two. Yeah, I got okay. April number two. That moment. That moment. It hits about tax day every year. The time when it's time to start mowing the lawn. When the softball leagues start and the lights go on over at Holmes Park. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. When you're like, now the winter is definitely officially dead and over. I love that. And we are right now in my second favorite month. My second most Uh, powerful ranked month. You have October 2, not 1? I have October 2, not 1. So so I obviously have October 1. I don't know which one's missing from yours. December? November. You have and November I, number one. And I know, and this is why you dogged it wow. so much last time. That is Again, terrible. big part of it, my wife's birthday, my birthday, Thanksgiving, start of basketball season. Okay. You're, 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 okay. Now you're getting into the end of conference football. You're, you're getting the, uh, the Black Friday games and that whole weekend. There's so much that I grew up and I still love that... I get a lot of family together that we don't normally get together, and it always happens around Thanksgiving weekend, which always happens about a week after my birthday. I love November. And I think the first week of November is one of the most depressing weeks on the calendar, so for me. And that really weighs it down. All right, what do you have, number one? Text in 402-479-1400. Take a look at those. Uh, you like Caleb? You got November number one. Where are you on November? That might be the mo- that's the biggest split that we have in this whole thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, he, I have ten. He has a one. Day twenty six. We get to check sports coming up next on KLIN. When you're thinking, especially this afternoon, this evening, some of the storms could be strong to severe. Cooler temperatures expected on Wednesday. From the ten eleven Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brett Anderson. Waking babies in the North Bottoms. And then, helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. All right, it's 837. K today with Jack and friends. Well, maybe we should ask uh, ask old JB our uh, question we were just debating. We were, uh, I, I, uh, John, we, I just uh, introduced the month of October as my favorite month on the calendar, having our second, <laughs> second uh, day of the month of October that we're doing a radio show. Uh, do you concur in that, or do you have another uh, in the power rankings of months, according to John Baylor? Is there one that supersedes October for you? One of, it's one of my 12 favorites. Yes, top 12 for sure. I'm thinking uh, maybe September, maybe May. I think those are two are kind of yep. neck and neck. May means the beginning of summer. Yep. Summer. Everybody relaxes, you know, throws on a little sunblock, uh, gets on the Hawaiian shorts. That's a good time. Yeah. And then September, everyone's kind of gearing up, and, and no one's gotten any Fs or failing grades on any tests. Uh, you know, the, no teams have lost any games. Everyone's undefeated. Everyone's feeling good. Like, this is it. This is going to be your year. So October's a little late. Also, I'm not a huge Halloween guy. I mean, Ooh. my wife is a monster Halloween guy, but. Oh, my wife is a monster Halloween guy. She's a monster Halloween woman. (laughs) Kind of just uh, going along for the ride. Anyway, I think there's enough frightening stuff out there already. We don't need to invent any more. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Well, by the way, I have September at three and May at four for the two. So I've got them. They're in. They're in playoff contention at very least. Favorite uh, would be like second week of May. Yes. 
I got that too. I Wait, think, we're ranking the weeks now? <laughs> I think that's not a bad thing. The best yeah. weeks of the year, because I agree with JB here. I would argue that somewhere in that range that you're talking about is the state of Nebraska, or at least Lincoln's, I said this earlier, the superpower for weather is in that time, which is evening time in that right. middle of May range. It's the best possible. It's it's what it's what Lincoln should market. Come here the second week of May. Sit outside. It'll be the best weather you've ever felt. Extreme weather coverage. Also, you got to tune in. Yes. Yep. Year. You never do know. But yeah. Evenings in Nebraska for like five months a year. Yep. Those are sweet. Yep. Yep. All right, well, let's let's talk about volleyball, uh, JB. Uh, well, I guess the season's over. Real disappointing weekend for Nebraska, uh, going to multiple sets against two uh, two Big Ten teams. Still getting the win, of course, but uh, in both of those cases. But boy, they made you squirm a little bit on that one, JB. Yeah, hopefully, no one jumped off the bandwagon. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, Friday night was a little bit of a surprise. Purdue has two elite outside hitters as an elite middle and uh, has a pretty solid setter, uh, really you know, solid freshman setter and uh, pretty good libero. So they have all the pieces, but they hadn't really put it together, and they played a match that did not even, at least the first two and a half sets, that did not even or uh, resemble what had been seen on videotape. That was by far their best match. I guess that's kind of what the Huskers should expect, especially on the road. But that could have gone either way. And the Huskers pulled out 15-12 in the fifth. And then Purdue, if you missed it, lost on Sunday to Northwestern in five. Oh, they did? Jeez, I didn't know that. Wow. That doesn't do the Huskers any favors. But I think it was just such a bar. It was such a brawl. It was just a battle for two hours and 50 minutes with all sorts of green cards. I think we had like 10, 11 green cards cumulatively at least. That there, It just went on and on. It, it was just so mentally, physically fatiguing that the next night, Nebraska struggled. And then two days later, Purdue lost to Northwestern. So uh, both teams, I think, you know, dragged out of there, uh, after, uh, out of uh, Williamson, um, out of Holloway Gym, because uh, it, was, it was just, it was just a a marathon battle. And then Indiana has got the, the pieces. Now they're a veteran team. So they, they, they got to retool somehow next year, but they've got an NCAA tournament quality team. And they've got to just beat the bottom half of the big 10 and they're in because they've got an elite lefty setter. They got two elite senior middles. They've got an elite freshman libero. I don't know how other teams let her get away. She's Ramsey gray. Yeah. So, uh, look, I, on paper, you're thinking, well, these are, you know, Indiana, Purdue, we should be crushing them. These programs are not the Indiana and Purdue volleyball programs your older siblings grew up with. <laughs> these two are good. Quite good. Now, Purdue's always been good. Right? That's yeah. And they're ranked. Yeah. Struggled. Mm-hmm. But Purdue, you know, usually puts up a really big fight, but the Huskers are often in control. I mean, Purdue's beaten Nebraska, you know, three times since the Huskers joined the uh, the Big Ten in 2011. But, um, you know, Indiana has lost 22 now, 23 in a row. And that, I mean, Coach said in the postgame, if Indiana wins the second set, Indiana might have swept. Yeah, it, it may happen. You know what was interesting in that match, JB, is you talked about the green cards in the first one, but there were like three consecutive points or four consecutive points, it, like key points at the end of that second set that Nebraska challenged, and they were... 
Uh, I was watching the replays on some of them. They were some of the hardest. A few of them were some of the hardest calls on challenges that I've ever seen. And Nebraska won all of them. They were like three or four in a row, almost on consecutive points. And I feel like they almost wore Indiana down to keep losing challenge after challenge after challenge in such tight, just in a row like that. Four challenges in that second set, and then two in a row to keep Indiana having a set point. Yeah. So it was 23-23. Well, that one, first of all, it was 23-22. It became 24-22, challenged that, got reversed, 23-23. Then it was 24-23, challenged that, got reversed. Now it's 24-23, Nebraska, and then the Huskers get the next point. So thank goodness for the green card. This All these players of the week, freshmen of the week, everything, I say the the contributor of the week is the green card. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know, I don't know if they keep stats on this, but uh, Coach Cook raised his average of uh, winning challenges this week. It's like a good weekend at the baseball park, and your batting average goes up seventy five points. That's the kind of they week you pro- had with those. They probably do keep stats. I mean, everyone. I think that's the reason everyone wears these what Apple watches. Everyone wants more data. I want less data. <laughs> I'm in search of less. Ooh, less information. And people are like, how many steps have you taken? I'm like, uh, it's, it's a number that will always remain a mystery. <laughs> You'll never, never have that uh, answer. It never crossed my mind that I want to find out at the end of the day. But I understand. Some people, we're all different. If we're all the same, only one of us would be necessary. <laughs> right. So uh, some people like more data. I'm going the other direction. Uh, yeah, that uh, that would be a nice uh, Apple uh, uh, Apple Watch app to uh, for Coach Cook to keep track of his uh, correct green card. So maybe maybe I'm I'll work that out. Watch I'm looking for a watch. People don't check it when you're talking to them. <laughs> uh, hello, we're talking. Are you checking your time? Oh my gosh, you're like looking at notifications. Here's a notification for you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Like, I'm a mammal. I'm alive. Uh, here's here's a notification for you. Oh my gosh! Go into the, uh, what's the what's what's the what's the the the, the verse that uh, that uh, Apple's trying to create the metaverse. Just yeah. just go into the metaverse right now. Clearly, you don't have interest in Homo sapiens. I think reality is underrated. I mean, everyone's into like meta and like you know automation and AI. I'm like. You know, reality is okay. I mean, uh, that's a tree right there. <laughs> so, okay, so data overrated, reality yeah. underrated. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and probably Indiana volleyball a little underrated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's a bite. <laughs> hey, uh, Nebraska's service error. Uh, little blip of problem right now or something that is uh, something. Like, are there streaks of, of bad service? Does it change and fluctuate during the course of the year? It's a problem, but it's, you know, it's like uh, my golf game. A huge standard deviation. But yeah, ideally, it'd be a little more linear in its uh, yeah. um, and uh, Darwinian in its evolution and would improve. But Harper Murray had a tough day. I mean, she was having a tough time putting the old pebble in the old ocean and uh, was firing it all over the place. But uh, seven service errors, that's too many. But, you know, Maisie Bozinger is a very capable serving sub. So I anticipate she's going to get a little more uh, time on the floor. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, there had been... There had been such kind of, I think a couple of weeks ago I was talking to you, JB, and I was commenting on the consistency with the personnel that a lot of times we haven't seen. Um, We haven't seen at this time of the year. 
I yeah. felt like that kind of changed up. I mean, we're seeing some Maggie Mendelson out there. Saw a little bit less of Alec out there. Yeah. Um, they're not. I know they've been they've been uh, working Kennedy Orion to serve a little. They have been doing that, but it felt like he was tinkering a little bit more this weekend. Back Becca to have a big weekend. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I remember when Maddie Kubik got benched a couple of years ago against Stanford, and she, and coach in twenty twenty one threw out all the freshmen and basically. Yeah, that game was very lopsided, four set loss. And in, instead of uh, Maddie Kubik and Lexi Sun, it was uh, Allie Bakenhorst and, and fellow freshman Lindsey Krause. Right. Well, Maddie Kubik went on and had a third team All American season after that. I mean, so you know, she. So sometimes you know, coaches strategically sending messages. And uh, Becca had been had been a force the night before, and uh, apparently in the. Huddled, coach said, "Stop tipping. We're not at a restaurant." And a couple uh, plays, Becca tips. Well, and furthermore, Maggie hadn't been in a match since September nine. That's what I thought. Yeah, she's a number four recruit in the country. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you got to give her a shot. And she was hitting, you know, almost three hundred, and just hadn't had many chances of been practicing super hard. So that's what happened there. But. Uh, especially given the lack of blocks against Indiana, I anticipate Becca will be back. Yeah, you got to be careful. Maggie will start shooting free throws uh, during practice at some point. Start getting ready for the next season. That's on deck. Let's do what she's trying to do. At this level, play both sports. It's rugged. I don't know of any Husker who's had success at volleyball and basketball. Yeah, for for an extended period of time. Because didn't like uh, Sapiro and Pilikowski both try that? Is that right? Oh, and there's so many others. Are there uh, others? Okay. Oh, my goodness. There are like six or seven. Okay. And at least there's so many over the years. Usually at the end of their volleyball eligibility. Yeah. But they never, you know, really became anything more than maybe a backup who got involved in sort of the eight-player rotation. Right. Uh, for- with his basketball team. Yeah. Uh, all right. So back on the road this weekend, Friday yeah. and Saturday. Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, just recalling from the scroll I saw at the bottom of uh, the TV with the standings, uh, Michigan I know is not doing particularly well, and Michigan State is also kind of in the bottom half right now. Is yeah, Michigan still rebuilding after they got a new coach last year, and I think they had a pretty decent freshman uh, recruiting class this year. So they're, they're above 500, but they've had a pretty weak schedule, and that's what teams will do as they rebuild. Michigan, though, well, they, they got a brand new coach. So they let go of the the Rosens, the husband wife team that coached them for 24 years. And Aaron Virtue is hired. And Aaron Virtue helped out uh, with the national team and won Olympic gold as an assistant coach for Karch Karai. But she's been with Jordan Larson, the national team, up until last weekend. So here she is, a brand new coach for Michigan. She's been absent. Wow. And she's getting ready for Paris next summer. Well, they've fallen off a cliff. I don't know if it's the lack of a head coach, but. Like, Maybe, <laughs> I mean, have, and they have a, they have a poor facility. It's very unlike Michigan. I mean, Michigan has got uh, endless resources. They're one of the premier uh, public uh, four year universities in the, in the country, academically, athletically, and to allow women's volleyball to have an inferior facility, to uh, you know, apparently not have the leadership necessary at least in the first month of the season, to allow this huge drop-off after firing coaches. It just It's not uh, like Michigan, but they'll be back at some point. I, they're one of those programs that I've never understood why they're not elite more often. They got to the 2012 Final Four, but that was kind of their moment in the sun. Michigan, they just caught lightning in a bottle. But otherwise, I'm not even sure they've 
I've got, they might have been like two other Elite Eights around that 2012 era, but they're a team that you usually make the second round exit. And you think about it, my goodness, I mean, this is an education that non athletes are, you know, killing themselves for. And, and uh, all you need are three good recruits. And it's tough to imagine why Michigan's unable to get three elite recruits. And maybe the, in the future they will. But, you know, Northwestern, I throw into that category as well. But Northwestern, I don't think, has ever invested the resources in women's volleyball that you would expect. Anyway, there are yeah. a lot of sleeping giants out there, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in, in the conference, and, and it's, then you've got this conference that's expanding, too, and adding more uh, quality programs, too. So it'll be, I mean, it's just going to be hard uh, to you develop a program like that. Yeah, by Washington at last check, not ranked. Oregon's ranked. Yeah. But, they should have got right. Washington State. They're ranked, right? Washington State, they're having a foreign player movement they got four starters who are foreigners and man it's been a quick fix wow interesting uh back in the big 10 penn state now at four and oh uh picking up a, a wind against minnesota uh yeah. so they're uh, right now right now they've kind of separated themselves with nebraska and wisconsin for the time being at least at at the top of the league a lot of transfers a lot of nomads and you gotta it takes time it takes time to gel and find the chemistry but boy you got mac pedraza the Probably the best setter in the conference, formerly of Ohio State. You got Jess Ruzek, who is uh, on a couple under uh, 18 national teams, uh, formerly of Michigan. That's one reason Michigan's fallen off a cliff, is Ruzek transferred to Penn State. So she's a huge arm on the outside. I think they, they got a whole Every year you got to check their roster to figure out who's who and where they came from and what their background is. But they're starting to come together. They've, on paper, they got a lot of talent at Penn State. And by the way, um, what three Nebraska volleyball players honored by the Big Ten uh, last week? What they got setter of the year, uh, setter of the week, uh, co-setter of the week, player co- of the week, and freshman of the week. There it is. But Thank you. Did not get defensive player of the week. That went to Carter Booth, who's up there at uh, Wisconsin. So mm. she felt like, oh God, Wisconsin needs some help. They're really struggling. <laughs> Very sacrificial. Just a giver. That's nice. And just take her all conference talent and go to Wisconsin. You know, uh, you know. They, they, if you if you can join, if you can if you can't beat them, join them. Anyway, she's the defensive player of the week, and I I was hoping the Huskers would get all four. Yeah, I'm furious. I'm not happy. This is yeah. you know the national media. They overlook the big red. That's that. <laughs> sad. Lou Holtz doesn't like them. You know, I understand. It's all <laughs> that's a total bulletin board material. I've been firing darts at a, a Big Ten logo in my cellar all week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. We're talking bikes. I'll give you some tax policy for you. Guess <laughs> what I have to do if I buy a bicycle? Pay sales tax. Guess what I don't have to do if I buy candy at a grocery store? Sales tax. Pay sales tax. Correct. It's a grocery. It's food. That's that's genius. We want to encourage people to consume sugar and stay off that bike. Pay the tax. There you go. Uh, we're ending it with some sales tax policy, uh, which uh, all over the place as per as per usual with John Baylor, but always entertaining. Uh, Six o'clock first tip Friday night seven thirty. First uh, serve, I should say, first serve Saturday night. So 6 p.m. Friday, 7.30, a little later on Saturday. So Late night with the big red, so pull out some hot milk and get some <laughs> nutmeg on it and a little shawl and tune in. Hot milk and nutmeg. I am I de- was- 
I always enjoy these conversations. <laughs> I call these Ottoman Empire conversations all over the map. All over the map. Have a good one, JB. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Right. Hot milk and nutmeg while I curl up by the radio, light a little fire. Especially this afternoon, this evening, some of the storms could be strong to severe. Cooler temperatures expected on Wednesday. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brett Anderson. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. His experience with uh, JB. So you said he's uh, September and May are uh, top two months for uh, for him. Are we getting, is the October still the plurality among the textures for the top month of the year? October still a, a pretty big one in okay. there. Uh, Chicken Rich said normally September would be one, except this year because of how hot it is. <laughs> yeah. He thinks, he also adds that he thinks I was having a heat stroke because of the way I was ranking mine. <laughs> Uh, Chris Nolatha says October number one, yeah, but also yeah. has November number two. Yeah, I I understand I'm the minority position on November. I th- I think I I know you just put a poll up on Twitter. I'm going to lose that Midtown date. Well, and I also worded it: is it a top three, top or, three or a bottom, bottom three? three? And I know there's a lot of people would have it probably somewhere in yes. between there. But uh, Midtown Dave says March uh, as the top month. Winter coming to an end. Uh, more years than not, you've got March Madness, District yeah. Finals, State Basketball, oh, and yeah. Munch Madness. I under you know what? I'm going to admit it. I misranked March. I'm going to bump March up a little bit. I gave see the weather is just frustrating for me in March because it's fake spring. Okay, that's that's what usually bothers me. But I think I overweighed that because when he lays out all those events like that, that sounds pretty good. Panhandle like Steve says Caleb is right on November. I know. Uh, plus, like Dave says, the seasons seem to be slipping back a month, so leaves still on many trees in November. It's true. It's usually that first week they're all gone, but as uh, Mark Vale pointed out, we're, we need to have a uh, reset because we're a month ahead with the weather all year round, it seems like. Vintage Heights Heidi says behind, uh, July say. number one, January 12th. Yeah, yeah, we all agree on January and February, I think. Bottom of the barrel. Shane likes May as the favorite partly because of the thunderstorms. Has November 9th. Okay, so he's in that's I thought I thought I was going to be the only one who was low. Says on because of the time change and shortened days, but you you're picking up an hour on the time change. Well, I don't care about the one night. I care about the every night that gets dark at 5:30. That's what I care about. No, one I- hour extra hour of sleep is not going to move my opinion of a month. All right, that's it for the show. Tomorrow, what chapter on Wednesday?